Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Fears for oh, Christmas. Yeah. Welcome to the Brew Bloods Holiday Special. Here's to the holly with its bright red berry. Here's to the holidays. Let's make it merry. Happy holidays to all, and to all, a good beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. In beer, there is freedom. In wine, there is health. In cognac, there is power. And in water, there is bacteria. That from Anonymous. So don't drink water. Anonymous. No, water is dangerous. I think the Egyptians learned this. Thus why they fed their (laughs) slaves beer. Because in in, uh, beer, there is power. In beer, there is health. Is Anonymous the most uh, quoted person ever? No, I think Hitler was more quoted than Anonymous. Oh. You had to make it dark, didn't you? Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Doesn't start off uh, Christmas without talking about Hitler. Uh, nothing Nothing says Christmas like Hitler. That's right. <laughs> that is our theme, apparently. Welcome to episode 82 of Brew Bloods. We are here for our Christmas special, and we thought we'd start off with a couple of things. One, we got a nice little Christmas present from it one of our It is so special. Listeners. It's so special. So very special. We got a Christmas present from a listener. It's not beer. Uh, we talked about whiskey last week, but Johnny B works at a distillery. He decided to send, a, send us some of his... <laughs> some Marcus of his, has already been hitting the whiskey. I've uh, been hitting the, some of this Rockner. It's a beer podcast. You should expect a little slurring. It is, but I thought we would maybe imbibe a little bit in some of his... No, no, no. I'm not against the whiskey. I'm saying you should expect a little slurring. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. But uh, Johnny works at uh, Far North Spirits. They make this uh, rye whiskey. It's a Minnesota rye whiskey called Rockner. Johnny is definitely amongst our super fandom. I think he might be the super Maybe fan. Maybe the super fan. That's true. He might be number one. He might be the P1. We're uh, going to go ahead and issue Johnny the super fan of the week. That's right. I'll, I will allow that. Our Christmas fan of the week. Excellent. Uh, Rockner is a true field to glass rye whiskey born of grains grown by the distiller on the family farm. Meticulously milled, fermented, and distilled in small batches, batches or matches, aged in ten to fifteen gallon oak barrels, That's finished so in sherry cognac casks. Now, the the noteworthy thing is, a, it's a very beautiful bottle. I've never seen a whiskey bottle like this. Tremendous bottle because it's it's like it starts out as just a simple bottle, and then you look at it, it has a nice little fat bottom on it, which is nice. It's a very very. Uh, and that's a sexy little fat bottom it's a, it has. It's got a. It's a sexy little bottle. It's simple. You know yet, you like it. Yet Come on, lovely. Mark. Simple yet lovely. Yeah. It's a beautiful bottle. And uh, now the the funny thing about this beer is most whiskeys out there, I think they tend to, unless you're getting like um, a Cruzan 100 proof whiskey, <laughs> most of them tend to top out at somewhere around 40% ABV. This sure. is 47% ABV. I was going to say probably about 28 to 40, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. I'm saying it kind of tops out or tends to top you're out. You're right. Yeah, 40. yeah. Yeah, this is uh, 47% ABV, 94 proof, and this is a 750 we're drinking out of. Rye whiskey, not normally a rye fan, but, uh, you know, I tend to be more of a, just a straight-up bourbon, just a Kentucky bourbon. If you're the talking more gasoline, style, the better for Mark. Yeah, or that, or that. If it or, tastes pure, or, just, just like jet fuel, that's yeah, what he likes. More Irish uh, jet fuel, yes. Yes. But this is a nice, sweet little whiskey. Definitely has the aroma of a regular whiskey. I haven't chugged mine yet like you have. Neanderthal. Oh yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely a raw, more a raw whiskey than we had with the castmates last week, but um, but uh, tasting it, yeah, I just butt chugged that, all of that. It's a little gasoliney, just um, butt chugged it, yeah. It, but that's standard. I mean, that's standard for a whiskey. Yes, absolutely. And like, uh, to me, I don't know if you get this mark, but you know, these kind of whiskeys always kind of light up my entire tongue the first drink I have. 
And uh, this one did that as well. I'm guessing they didn't age this for, you know, 15, 20 years. It only has so. a it only has a slight burn going down, though. So yeah. That's a good sign. For a, for a you know, a hot teen whiskey, uh, not much burn to it. You would, I mean, those, you know, Distance. Those, those hot teens tend to be very raw Distance. and very in your face. But uh, this hot teen whiskey is very smooth going down. What are you yeah, that's, that's actually pretty. That's actually pretty smooth. I guess this is less teen and more. Yeah, I'm distancing from that. <laughs> the teen is in your realm. So speaking of children, um, we also want to talk about. So first of all, thanks Johnny for the whiskey. Very good whiskey, and uh, keep it coming. If you want to send <laughs> Did us, you say much, very whiskey. It's very whiskey, probably. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make sense, but okay. But it, but it, am I wrong? It's very whiskey. No, you're right. Yes, it's very. It's it's not very mm-hmm. beer. It's very whiskey. This is the uh, show after we've already had some whiskey and some other beers, so this yeah. may be the uh, you know the little slightly to alcoholic pull, show. To pull back the curtain a little bit, we're recording a couple shows at a time here, coming yeah. up on the holidays, so a little bit more boozy and imbibed here, but that's all right. Yeah, you know that's okay. Uh, It'll give you a looser show. So if you want, if you're in the greater Minnesota area, uh, I don't know where all they distribute to um, the Far North Spirits, but uh, I would highly recommend the Rockner. Does this Johnny know Johnny M F and M? He knows all Johnnies. They're, oh, okay. bo- they're both from Minnesota. I was going to say, we know two Minnesota Johnnies That's that true. have been super fans of two podcasts. That's true. Had. Maybe they uh, So both... we're big with the Johnny community in Minnesota. Maybe they <laughs> maybe they both used to work in a boat factory <laughs> and uh, make boat parts. They should hook up. Like They, we, they should. The two Johnnies that love uh, you know our podcast. Maybe like we separated tongues, maybe they should rejoin tongues. Exactly. They, maybe should. they should have them sewn together. Or, or join tongues for the first time. Or, or maybe they just make out. And yeah, make, sure. make sure and send us video. We'll put that on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, we'll replace that with the sideways picture of Mark's uh, dead-eyed face yeah, that is currently on our Facebook page. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not just juggling, uh, you know, Johnny's decorations here, his ornaments. When I say it's a good whiskey, it's actually a really good whiskey. I'm not normally a rye fan, so good job on you, Johnny. Find the other Johnny, and make out with it. this whiskey. Also smoother than regular Jameson, <laughs> exactly. Which almost anything is. Absolutely. Now, I thought rather than you know normally tackle news here, I thought we would <clears throat> like maybe hop in the wayback machine here and go back a little bit to our youths. When we were, uh, you know, looking through the younger Sears, than now, you know, yeah, like five years ago, looking yeah. through the Sears Wish Book, uh, maybe the J.C. Penney catalog, trying to find those toys that we wanted as a kid, or the Victoria's Secret catalog. Oh, hey now, that had some toys we wanted, didn't it? Did you want, did you want a nice nighty as a five year old? No, I wanted what was in the nighty. Oh, you wanted a nice, probably as a five year old. <laughs> I was sexed up young. Okay, I had Cinemax as a kid. That's true. Skin- yes, I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days. Probably, probably a little too young, but you know. It, it created uh, the sexual being I am today. Look, when you're uh, when you're six years old, you need an education, and we joined hands, and we were watching Cinemax together. You wouldn't have the beer podcast you have today if I didn't have Cinemax when I was five. That's true. It was really the foundation upon uh, which the rest of my life was laid. Yeah, exactly. And I shared that with you, right. so that's why we have this. That's right. We have this bond. It, we had it, a bond over softcore pornography as children. Right. The, the show was built on a bedrock of softcore porn. <laughs> this show and our friendship was built on that. Uh, it was built, it started out with Red Shoe Diaries and just got more <laughs> hardcore from there. It did. It definitely did. It almost topped out with a guy named Cleet. <laughs> but that's for that's for the shorty porn cast. That's not for today. It's for our next show, the shorty porn cast. <laughs> that will not be our heart friendly. The wink cast. Right. But I thought we would talk about uh, something that I like to reflect on, and it's the the failures <laughs> of my parents. And um, you know, as as one is wont to do, it does always the holidays, talk about that. We like to we like to reflect on uh, you know our more tragic times in life, and and how our parents have, and family at large have failed us. Mark th- likes to chug a fifth of whiskey and complain about his parents. That's oh, his absolutely. thing. That's his holiday. Uh, basically, Bad Santa um, was based on me. Sure. 
Although and, I've heard Bad Santa 2 is terrible. And, uh, you know, the pornography Home of Bone, that was also based on me. <laughs> it was extremely short and extremely poor quality yes. pornography. But it was based on my life. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I thought we would talk about uh, maybe go back in time, just go back in your little head, hop in the little Wayback Machine, and talk about something maybe that you wanted as a kid yes. that your parents failed to deliver. Like something you really, aside from that 90. Aside from a, a Playboy dot, uh, dot TV dis- subscription back in the day. Aside from the very central female body within the 90, which Aside, was also not delivered yeah. to me. What do you mean? I was wrapped up in a boat for you that one. Oh, that's true. You were, yes. I got oh. the 90, but just not, you know, not, not hey, the I was, I was say, I was dressed in 90. You, you <laughs> tore off with your teeth. Good point, yes. Um, so for me, um, you know, I don't know if you heard of this show back when you were a child. It was kind of an obscure thing. Nobody really... Nobody was really into it in the 80s and uh, early 90s, but there was a specialty program I saw called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think they created maybe a couple of movies. I, I don't know. But uh, they were kind of indie releases, uh, and the cartoon was definitely not very big. But I had the uh, the party the party van, and I actually had a couple of the Ninja Turtle uh, characters. Right. What I wanted was the counter to all that, which was the... Evil base. I wanted. Uh, I wanted a house for Krang. I wanted a house for Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. I wanted somewhere they could go. So the Technodrome was available, and it was at Toys R Us. I was promised that uh, Christmas of probably 1989 or so. Came around to 1989. Apparently, the parents had a bit of a financial hardship, so Ooh. Santa was not able to bring that to me. Uh, so instead, I got uh, one character of Bebop, and that was it. Um, so, you know, that was probably about $5. The Technodrome was about 55 um, So I missed out on the Technodrome. Um, it, you know, they did what they could do. They're broke. Uh, whatever. Uh, they can't afford it. That's fine. They did afford Cinemax for me. I guess I take that as a good <laughs> counter. Um, so that's what I missed out on was the Technodrome. Yeah, mine, um, you know, there was a... Analogous to that, this is not my story, but uh, there was a there was a kid next to me, next door to me, that had uh, lived in the same poor neighborhood. Except, strangely, his parents were like upper middle class. Did you guys share a treehouse? We didn't. No. Or oil uh, equipment. But he was an only child, as I was. But his parents bought him everything. But he had the uh, turtle blimp. Do you remember that? Where uh, you could fit like one action figure on it, but it was a giant blimp. I may have had the turtle blimp later. Okay. But he went the uh, he took the further step of feeling uh, feeling it up uh, (laughs) or filling it up. Um, with helium, filling oh, the nice. turtle up with helium. Nice. So it was floating in his room with his Donatello. <coughs> his what? Donatello. Oh, <laughs> See, I'm getting That's got, very shake voice. I'm, I'm getting kind of a clump at the memory here. <laughs> Uh, you know of how envious I was of his uh, turtle blimp, but uh, yeah, I couldn't afford helium, so that's, no, that's pretty course. awesome. I mean, who could? But I always thought that was so cool. Like you could have a floating blimp in your playroom because he had an entire room devoted to toys. The one I, mean, I had had failed normal breath that came from my lungs, so it didn't float anywhere. <laughs> a booze breath. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't drinking quite yet then. <laughs> I was doing meth, but not drinking. Right. He also had. He not only had that. He had the. Um, the G.I. Joe uh, rocket, I forget what it's called, but it's like a rocket. It was basically a giant space shuttle with a rocket base on it. It was gigantic. Nice. And he had that I was super envious of. Um, he was such a spoiled brat. Who was this guy? We should have stole from His him. His name was Corey. He was also an asshole. Yeah, we uh, should have stole from him. Yeah, I should have. I really should have committed uh, Grand Theft Larceny <laughs> of Toys. It wouldn't be quite that high God. of a crime. But his parents com- like bought him everything, and I was so jealous all the time. 
meanwhile, it's having to deal with Boy Scouts and, you know. See, you thought my parents had money. Cars. They had no money either. Like, everybody was broke that we knew. Apparently, yeah. I'm guessing his <laughs> parents were broke too since they were yes. living in North Abilene. True, yeah, a good point. At the time. Not exactly the best of neighborhoods, but. If anyone wants to look, go look at TMP Lane in Abilene. Yeah. Look it up on Google Maps and see what you think. Yeah, it's next to train tracks. <laughs> um, so, um, for me, oh, my. my um, Oh, my rare prize that Your I always wanna? wanted. My golden fleece. Your wanted that you didn't get? That's right. The the one thing I always wanted was the uh, G.I. Joe USS flag. And this was the aircraft carrier that was in G.I. Joe. And it mm. was the size of a dinner table. Like, they had the, the toy, uh, I forget, the, the aircraft that the, the Joes flew. And you could land, like, three of those aircraft on the USS flag playset. It came in, like, <laughs> multiple... It literally was, like, five feet long. Wow. And it took up... If you look up the USS flag, it is gigantic. Freaking gigantic! Uh, it was it was like um, the holy grail of toys for me at the time, and I always wanted that. Now that was, was a really wet freaking that you issued there. Freaking, freaking, making you wet. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, the USS flag was something I always wanted and never got. And you know, there, there's been times I've been tempted in my life to go out there to eBay and pay ten thousand dollars <laughs> to find a USS flag, but uh, I'm, I'm at I'm at a purging point in my life rather than binging, so I'm trying to get rid of things. But, but you're uh, also super rich now. That's true. So you could afford it. I am I am a regular Scrooge McDuck, pretty of, much of beer. So yes. I'm rolling in it. But yeah, it's uh, one thing I always wanted. Now I did I did con- you know one of the things that I always wanted that I did get was the Castle Grayskull from He-Man. I did get that one year. I got that too. Along, that, that was an awesome toy. Along with strangely two Mechanex, <laughs> which one of the most useless He-Men of all time, Masters of the Universe, the guy that you would twist his waist and his neck would stretch upwards. I got, yes, but he could stand guard at yeah, Castle exactly. Grayskull for he you. A, he was a scout. I had two of him, so they were clones. Yes. You could also kill him a lot. So it that, wasn't a problem. That's true. That was probably my best present of all time was the, uh, was the uh, Castle Grayskull. Now, on the He-Man front, I also had the Evil Castle, which I don't remember the name of now. Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain, yes. which had the microphone where yes. you could talk out of Snake Mountain. The very, very crappy microphone, but yes. That was could... my first uh, experience in podcasting, <laughs> was Pod- talking out of Snake Mountain. Podcasting through Snake Mountain. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Podcasting but, since 1984. <laughs> which was, it was fun when you were like six. Uh-huh. It was a crappy, like you said, it was a very crappy mic. Very lo-fi, very, very low lo-fi. quality, had a lot of reverb, yeah. but I did enjoy it when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, and uh, other bases, speaking of the bases, uh, I did get the uh, Ninja Turtles sewer base one year, which was awesome, because it had all wow. kinds of stickers you could apply. Man, so that's that very high end. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of bases were fun. I never got the, uh, <laughs> never got the uh, Thundercats, uh, Lion Castle fart butt place, but I uh, always wanted that as well. And the Ewoks Village. Never got that. My cousins had that. Those bastards. It's probably not the official name, but sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should get on to beer. Stop talking about uh, Christmas presents we never got in our spoiled childhoods. But uh, we're going to talk about Buffalo Bayou, someone we've never talked about before. Houston area brewery. We're uh, getting local uh, Texas-wise. Um, but we'll talk about them after this. There are so many types of beer brewed today. Everything from the generic light lager to the triple mango IPA has made its way to your local beer store shelf. Some of these styles are noticeably different, yet others aren't. Two common basic styles that many of us have issue distinguishing from one another are the classic porter and its big brother, the stout. The first of the two styles to make an appearance was the porter. This showed up in London in the 1700s. The dark, medium-bodied beer was a hit amongst the strong, portly workers who drank it. Hence came the name, Porter. But as with anything, these porters were not the end of the beer experimentation. Brewers quickly wanted more body and more alcohol. 
From these desires, a stout was born. A stout, in its original form, was just a strong, stouter version of a porter. At its conception, it was even called a stout porter. The reason people have issue with keeping this formula straight today is the fact that brewers have since crossed the paths of porters and stouts. Many craft brewers have created porters that are stouter than your average stout, and vice versa when it comes to stouts. Some brewers still determine the difference based on the malt that is used within each style. Porters generally use malted barley, and stouts unmalted roasted barley. This is not a hard and fast rule in the industry, however. In the same way some pale ales taste more like IPAs, and vice versa, the porter and stout dividing line has blurred dramatically since the stout's creation. The brewers themselves often cross the lines of the source material, making it difficult for the nerdiest beer nerd to fully define why a beer is called one or the other. The debate rages on, so grab your favorite stout porter or portery stout and discuss. Buffalo Bayou Brewery. Definitely not someone I have any experience with. I have zero experience. So I don't know what to expect with these guys. Uh, they, I've seen their, they've been making a, kind of a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say comeback, that's not really the right word, but they've had a rising tide in the Dallas uh, brew scene. The Dallas? The Dallas. Uh, definitely a lot more beers have been uh, appearing on the shelves lately from Buffalo Bayou. Yes. I've never now, you uh, know why that partaken of Buffalo Bayou. No, I don't know why that is. Tell me. Buffalo Bayou produces a load of beers compared to anybody else. They have they have actually produced they only started in uh, 2012. They have produced 45 different beers. They don't even care. They're just like another beer, another beer, another beer, and they do it. Yeah. Holy shnikes. That's a lot. That's a lot of beer. Yes, it is. It's a lot of beers for a little brewery. Yes, and they they don't care. They'll try anything. They'll try high-end stuff, low-end stuff, traditional stuff, random stuff. They don't care. Which I actually kind of appreciate. It's kind of a cool concept. Bayou don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, Bayou, like, yeah, we're, we're in the Bayou. Who cares? We're a Buffalo. It's fine. So is Houston, from whence they came, are they really a Bayou? There are Bayous down there. Are there now? Bayous are Bayous, depending on who you talk to. Bayou. Um, in fact, my father, who lived there for, I don't know, like 40 years, uh, lived on a Bayou down in Dickinson, which is just south of Houston. Houston itself is actually built on a swamp. So, and there's several bayous involved in that. In fact, my father's house, which he had most of my childhood, not the first one, but the second one, was literally half a block from Dickinson Bayou. So there was a bayou right there. And I went to the bayou, and it's not something I want to hang out at too much, but it did exist. Did you guys fan boat all over the place? We didn't, unfortunately. I wish Dad had bought a fan boat, then we could have done that, but we did not fan boat over there. Did you eat crawfish pie and in the bayou? Jambalaya in the bayou? And the bayou, or bayou, depending on who bayou. you talk to. On the bayou. No, I did not. But yes, a bayou is very indicative of Houston. That does fit the area. So this this name totally makes sense. Yeah, the air in Houston is a little swampy, especially oh, in the gosh. summer. Very so humid. is your crotch when you go down well, there. Yeah, my, I mean, my crotch is always 365, 24-7 is indicative of a bayou. But that's neither here nor is But it it'll there. be more like a bayou if you go down oh, there. Oh, yeah, it's more authentic bayou. Yes, it's more authentic bayou if I'm in in the city of Houston than it is more like North Dallas bayou. Other people say onion crotch or right. you get bayou crotch when you That's live right. in Houston. You get, you get bayou crotch, absolutely. Yes. Everyone down in, in uh, Houston has bayou crotch. <laughs> it's not like a crawfish pie. It's just a, a bayou in <laughs> well, your mouth. Well, sometimes it is, depending. Yeah, so I, I don't know what to expect from these guys. Um, but like you said, they've got a number of beers here, some of which are <laughs> highly rated. Yes, um, the gingerbread stout is actually... if. You uh, do a little research like I did. 
you can see that that's an often sought out beer from this particular brewery. And, and uh, it gets a 93 uh, overall and a 98 in style. And the um, beer we're talking about today, the Feliz Navidad, is a gingerbread beer. Sure. Combined with ancho chilies, so maybe we should expect something good from this Which beer. I would expect a, uh, something very good from it after researching this uh, particular brewery. But yeah, apparently they don't make the gingerbread stout all the time, but when they do, it's like everybody's uh, thinks it's tremendous and spectacular, and they run out and grab it, and it's like one of their most sought-after things. Uh, more Cowbell, which is their IPA. Um, their Imperial IPA, it only gets 74, but it's actually a fairly noted beer uh, in the Houston area. Uh, Smoke on the Bayou, Bayou. Uh, gets an 87, 78 overall. On the bar in style. Um, the thing about them is they don't, you know, even based on their top 10 beers, based on number of ratings, they don't care. Like, they'll try anything. Someone will hit, like the gingerbread, uh, you know, like the Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. That one hit. Um, you know, some uh, the Smoke on the Bayou. If it doesn't, they don't care. They'll still throw it out there. The 1836 only got a 55 and 83 in style. The uh, Great White Buffalo got a 58 and 85 in style. Um, but you know, they'll still throw it out there. Like I said, 45 different beers since 2012. That is a lot. I cannot say that there's a Dallas brewery that's done that many. Well, it depends. Are, are they bottling these beers or are they, no, we they don't, don't bottle all of them. Cause I would venture to say probably deep Elm may, I don't, I can't say this for sure. We talked about uh, deep Elm last week, but maybe they've done just as many beers. I guess it depends on the one. No way. Like no that. way. Deep Elm nah. did. There, there may be some other experimental breweries that did. That would not be one of them. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that I kind of, I kind of like that. Um, you know, you have some misses and you don't care. You just go ahead and move on and do something else. Look, I appreciate experimentation in all walks of life. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate the fact that they go left and right to hither and yon. Uh, you any know, kind of experimentation. They, you know? Yeah. Any kind of experimentation. You must always experiment. Otherwise you don't learn. <clears throat> so based on that, I will be very interested in the one we have today. The fact that the gingerbread is the one that's sought after uh, for this brewery. So let's find out about the history of Buffalo Bayou Brewing. Buffalo Bayou Brewing was founded by Razzle Zarenfar in 2012. They're a notable brewery for the fact that they released 32 different beers in the first three years of their existence. They have, as of 2016, expanded that portfolio to 45 different brews. It is their mission to create beers that focus on the pioneering history of Texas and celebrate Houston, Texas along the way. This idea has earned them the nickname, The People's Brewery. As of 2015, Buffalo Bayou became the largest self-distributed Houston brewery with distribution to Dallas and Austin as well. They have acquired a warehouse near their current location, which will allow them to create and expand a sour beer program and provide an area for barrel aging. They're looking to expand production to a new site, which would sit on six acres and could grow to as large as 100,000 square feet. They currently feature two different beer lines, the Heritage Series, which combines classical brewing techniques and rich Houston flavors to orient drinkers towards different points in the history of Houston. They also have the Sessionist Series, which is described as ignoring the archaic brewing guidelines and allowing them to be ambitious and boundary-pushing. So the BJCP for an Imperial Stout is that overall impression it should be an intensely flavored big dark ale big and dark with a wide oh range of flavor balances flavor balances <laughs> and regional interpretations regional interpretations kind of generic there despite the intense flavors the components need to meld together to create a complex harmonious beer not a hot mess so this one is the uh Feliz Navidad Stout. from the bottom of my heart this one checks in in a big bold Big bold. Ten point two percent ABV. Oh yeah. Thirty IBU, which oh, yeah. uh a lot of stouts, uh, you know, I would say IBU is usually next to nil. So that'll be kinda interesting. They suggest you serve this in a snifter. And uh the description is 
Noses straight out of the oven, fresh gingerbread. Warm ginger notes combined with mild ancho chilies to produce a back-of-the-throat heat oh, that yeah. is more savory than spicy. Oh, yeah. You won't find any burn here. Yeah. Just a subtle, subtle warmth. Yeah. Big nutmeg. Yeah, nut it big. Cinnamon clo- and clove round out this roasty, semi-sweet stout. Well, maybe I should read a poem for you that I just wrote just now. Okay, sure. I inscribed this on the side of the bottom. Is it called Semi-Sweet Snout? It's, uh... Or Snout or Stout? <laughs> my, my poem goes as such. Fat, smelly bastards in old, ugly sweaters. Brewing stouts blacker with mild chili peppers. Cinnamon clothes making black Santa sing. These are a few of my favorite things. That was pretty touching. Thank you. I, I wrote it myself. I handcrafted that and inscribed it on the side of the bottle. Whoa. Of the Khalees Navi God. Studio loved it. Uh, they My did. Gosh. Get out of here, guys. That's enough. Enough clapping. Go away. No, fade I out. Said, I fade said out. Go away. There go, they away. Go. go away. Okay. Go away. There they're gone. Okay. Um, so, like we said before, Buffalo Bayou, known for their gingerbread stout. That is their thing. And this Everyone's is, like, have you had the gingerbread stout from Buffalo Bayou? If you live in Houston, I'm assuming I would never live in Houston, everyone's but if you did, at, I'm yeah. sure I think they're talking about that. Everyone's always asking us, have you had the gingerbread stout? And we've had to say nay. Nay to the nay. Never nine. <laughs> none. Was I born in Galveston? Maybe. Do I but, do I, a, but do I claim that area? I don't. Do I so, live in a modern swamp? Do I have a fan boat? Then exactly. No, I haven't had a gingerbread stout, but no. Uh, we, we have Can we a, grab crabs out of the river? No, we can't. No, we can't. Because we have the Trinity with its dead bodies and multiple hey. dead dogs in Dowdy Ferry Road. We're, we're supposed to be talking us up and oh, down. Sorry. Don't talk us down. Hey, hey, look, maybe Buffalo Bayou out of Houston is one of the positive points of Houston. Exactly. I mean, there's so few of them, right? I mean, come on. I mean, Texans, right? Come I mean, on. I mean, what's the deal? Look at our Cowboys. Houston? I mean, what's the deal? Cowboys 11 and 1, baby. <laughs> look at that. Sports and football Christmas. Texans, they can't sports, do nothing, right? I mean, nothing Cowboys. right down there. Sports, Cowboys, Texans. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Raiders, Rams. But all that is yeah, Yankees. All that aside, Yankees. We embrace the uh, beer scene anywhere. So um, you know, yeah. So we, this is a gingerbread stout. Yes, and but it has the added. Thanks uh, for the reset, Mark. Has, that's what I love to do. Formatics, formatics <laughs> has the added benefit of ancho chilies. Where have we heard that before, Mark? Nowhere. Was that from the Prairie Mob? Were there perhaps ancho chilies in the Prairie Mob? Or the Prairie Bomb? I believe there were, Mark. Or the not the Prairie Mob, but the Prairie Mob Bomb. The Prairie Mob attacked us for the <laughs> prairie chili-based bomb. Prairie Bomb that you had. True. Good point. So we have experienced Ancho Chilies before in a not-so-good way and in a good way because the second and, time we had the bomb, excellent. But it didn't have the added benefit or detractor of gingerbread. That is true. That could be good. Now, last Christmas, we also had a last gingerbread stout. Last Christmas... Do we recall that, Mark? Because that was the one based on Christmas Vacation. Yes, I remember and being terrible. That was perhaps one of the worst beers I've ever stuck in my palate in my life. Yeah, that's the uh, my least favorite beer that I've ever stuck in my pants and my mouth. Uh, the lemon, cr- the lemon cruller may have something to say. Okay, about that. well that's but true. you know it, it was one of the worst. Now we're going to this Christmas, which is now this Christmas. Then we'll be now now, and this is a new gingerbread stout. From a from a brewery known for gingerbread stouts. Now, what will we do next Christmas? We'll see if we find more gingerbread next Christmas. That's next Christmas. That's right. that's a ways but away. Is, we could be dead by then, for all we know. That's a good point. But for now, we're trying this gingerbread. This Christmas, <laughs> yes. I'm trying your gingerbread stout. So aroma, Mark. Aroma. 
I don't know what I'm smelling the bottle, but I will. Rich and complex with variable amounts of roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. The roast malt character can be taken uh, can take on coffee, dark chocolate, or slightly burnt tones, and can be light to moderately strong. That's what we expect from this, per the BJCP. Now I will say this: uh, they tell you they instructed, they sent down a, a, a PowerPoint to tell me drink this out of a tulip glass because. One thing, one of the positive benefits is you'll get a stronger smell out of a tulip glass because the way it's shaped. They say but I, a snifter. Well, t- tulip glass snifter, same thing. <laughs> Whoa. This, this though, I will say, you get a better smell out of the bottle because it's even more narrowly shaped uh, than the tulip glass. You can so, pretty much snick it, snick it, snick stick it. it right in your nostril. Yeah, it, it actually smells a lot better out of the bottle than it does the tulip glass because it's stronger. Because you get you a know stronger. What, though? It's not a bad aroma. No, it's not bad. I'm saying you get a stronger, more well-rounded, fat-bottom girl flavor out of that, or smell out of that uh, bottle than you do the tube. There is definitely gingerbread-y aroma from this, and I feel like that yeah. dominates. Yeah, actually, I mean, if you smell out of the bottle, it's like a more molasses-y, uh, got, a, got a way more molasses-y smell to it than if you're... Whoa, the, that's way more molasses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the bottle is way more molassesy and sweet. Whereas coming out of the glass, the tube glass, it's more just a pure sweet ginger, which yeah. I am not a fan of. I hate gingers. Do you both like gingerbread? Per- both in no. Both okay. In person and flavor. I'm anti. So you're already tainted here. Like every year we do gingerbread, you're going to hate it. Not necessarily. I, I enjoy actually a good gingerbread cookie. Okay, All but right. fair enough. If you're talking just straight up, uh, now tell me ginger. No, no, I say to the nine. All right, so aroma. Let's go out of the aroma. Let's go with the aroma out of the glass, opposed right. to out of the uh, actual bottle. Uh, it, so it smells a lot like a gingerbread cookie, and it's got a wow, a lot like a, a gingerbread lot. cookie. Well, a little bit, a little bit of uh, just a touch, a smidge, a feathers fart of molasses on the bottom. Uh, compared to where in the bottle you get a lot of molasses bottom, maybe a touch with of a lot of ginger, a touch of malt in there. Uh, I get no, I get no uh, hops or alcohol. No, but I do get a little malt, and I definitely get a lot of ginger. Maybe a little malt, like a leprechaun angel well, fart. Like I said, almost. a little. I didn't say a lot. I said a little. So a little bit of that. A leprechaun fart of malt. I get no, I get no roasted grains, uh, no fruity esters. I don't get any of that. But again, this is not a true imperial stout. This is a, this is an imperial stout with gingerbread. But a lot of gingerbread there, right? And I will say, it smells just like a gingerbread cookie. It's not straight up ginger, which. Straight up ginger can go Feliz Navidad itself. Sure. Absolutely. Because uh, I hate the straight up ginger. But gingerbread, however, just inhale it like, so it, a, like a Kardashian butt. It has a gingerbread aroma. Um, doesn't fit the official BJCP, but again, this is a twist This is a twist on the Imperial Stout. So I'm going to say it fits in the aroma category it should. And I will say, just as, an, as a side note, I do love the bottle. Yeah, the uh, bottle's pretty awesome. It's got a gingerbread man with two X's for eyes, and he's wearing a uh, serape that says Felice Navidad on it. It really it really stands out on the shelf, I'll just say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Go to, go to our Instagram, slash Bloods. you'll see a picture. Grab of it up, bro. Just grab it, bro. So, appearance. Uh, appearance, color may range from very dark reddish brown to jet black, opaque, deep tan to dark brown head, generally has a well-formed head, although head retention may be low to moderate. Uh, head retention is extremely low. Extremely low. But very opaque. Uh, lacing is very solid. It's not very dainty. It's very solid. This may it's, be one of the thickest beers I've ever seen, too. Because if you hold it up to the light, there is oh, zero. Yeah. Nothing is getting through. I mean, even on the edges of the top, there is nothing coming through this. It's uh, Queen's Fat Bottom Girl, as far as uh, appearance goes. Absolutely. It is. Uh, but the funny thing is... if you It is it, thick and dark. If you look at the lacing on this glass, 
It is like a sheet of head on this. I mean, you just tilt it to the side. It is thick, and there's like when I say lacing, it's like there, it's almost like the opposite of lace. It's just a coat of tan going down the side of the glass. That is true, although it dissipates fairly quickly. It does, but it's like a blanket while it's there. While saying, it's there for a brief moment, it's like a blanket, but, but then the, it disappears. But that's true of all lacing. It's like a lot of lacing you'll see like fat expanses of bubbles, things like that, gaps. Here it's just a flat sheet of tan, which is, you know, they don't see very often. True. The generally has a well-formed head, does not apply here. The although head retention may be low to moderate, does apply. definitely applies. Yeah. And the low applies, which yes. is not necessarily bad. Uh, you know, head, it's neither here nor there to me, honestly. Um, if it's supposed to have it, I prefer it to have it. But if it doesn't, it, it doesn't normally affect anything because there is no taste in the head. And that is the important part. <laughs> That's not what she said. Well, you know. So, flavor. Flavor. And mouthfeel. Flavor, rich, deep, complex, and frequently quite intense with variable amounts of roasted malt slash grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hot bitterness and flavor. An alcohol with medium to aggressively high bitterness. The balance and intensity of flavors can be affected by aging, with some flavors becoming more subdued over time and some aged. Uh, Venus, is that correct? Or port-like Vinus. Vinus. Or port-like qualities developing. So, we'll see. Uh, mouthfeel should be full to very uh, full-bodied and chewy, with a velvety, luscious texture, although the body may decline with long conditioning. Gentle, smooth warmth from alcohol should be present and noticeable, but not the primary characteristic. In well-conditioned versions, the alcohol can be deceptive. Carbonation can be low to moderate, depending on age and conditioning. I'll tell you, this carbonation on this beer is low. Uh, it's very Carbonation it's, is low. It's very much more on the velvety side than the carbon-y, carbon, carbonate-y side, carb, carbon-dating side. Carbon-dating side. Not, not a lot of bubblies here. But it is a very thick beer. It is. And I can't say I'm surprised given the appearance of the beer. Have you drank it yet, Mark? I have. I have. Well, let me let me join you. While you're rambling on about flavor mouthfeel, I decided to go ahead and taste it just to, All right. you know. Well, I'm not rambling. Start. I'm letting the listener know what we're supposed to expect. It's chewy. <sighs> wow, that's a little different than I expected. Uh, it is a little chewy. But I guess, I'm, here's what I'm surprised by, right? I mean, for a ginger beer, a gingerbread beer, I think it's a probably a standout. What I'm missing here, though, is the heat from the ancho chilies. Yeah, you know, th- there's a lot of ginger in there. Um, it's not quite as sweet as I expected, maybe. I mean, it's it's sweet, but it's got like a, there's like a biting edge to it. Like, it's like, it's like eating a ginger root. Like, I expected ginger to be kind of mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. subtle presence. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be so harsh. Ginger is harsh in this. I mean, it's a pre- it's a big-time presence. It is. Uh, with a little bit of sweetness on top of that. So, um, it's a little different than I expected. It is. For uh, for a ginger stout, a gingerbread stout, I would have expected something, like you said, a little more uh, sweet. S- uh, snooting it out of the bottle, uh, where it was more sweet. I would have expected something a little sweeter, more maybe more a little more Christmassy out of this beer than we've gotten here. But conversely speaking, I would have expected sweet with a little spice. And sure. I gotta tell you, the ancho chili here is almost not present at all for me. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Uh, to go back to, it's not a direct comparable, but something that is similar to go back to the Prairie Bomb, which is a it's an imperial stout with ancho chilies. This one does have the added benefit of gingerbread benefit, quote-unquote, depending on how you like it, but uh, of gingerbread. 
I would say that the Prairie Bomb does a good job of giving you the sweetness of the regular chocolatey kind of stout with a little ancho chili kick when yeah. you have a proper stout. Not counting our first episode, but the second time we reviewed it. Um, and this one seems to kind of leave the ancho chili out. It's more gingerbread stouty and less ancho chili. Yeah, and I think if you're going to brag, if you're going to make the, the bold claim, if you're going to... You know, carve yourself a gingerbread figure with the serape on top and claim that ancho chili is a primary ingredient. I think the ancho chili needs to represent. I think there needs to be yes. some sweet with some fire on the bottom. But would you agree with that, Mark, on the on the prairie bomb, the, the proper yeah. one you had? Yes. There is a subtle amount of ancho chili that does add to the flavor. Absolutely. The <clears throat> uh, prairie bomb does represent that ancho chili better than this one does. Yeah. And... That's my best comparison. If you can of think course. of a better beer, let me know. But that's the one I, I, can't. I can think of. I'm out of ideas. Yeah. Bud- Budweiser? <laughs> well, you know. Now, Coors Light? Maybe a, maybe a Budweiser Black Crown. But I, I, but I think if you're going to you know, point that out, your gingerbread stout, if this were just labeled just as a gingerbread stout, I think this would be a fine representation of that beer. I think it still could be a little sweeter. Uh, maybe a little creamier, because when you eat a gingerbread cookie, a gingerbread cookie, you think... You know, it's a little bit of ginger, a lot of sweets, a little bit of cream in your mouth, as one tends to enjoy. What we get here is just a lot, like you said, a lot of ginger root, which nobody likes ginger root. You hit it on the head. It's a fine representation. Now, does that mean it's a good representation? Not necessarily. It is a fine representation of a ginger stout. If you enjoy a Moscow Mule, you're probably going to enjoy this beer quite a bit. As someone who likes Moscow Mules, I'm going to have to disagree with that. Really? It's not... I think Moscow Mules are more balanced than this. This is, this is harsher, in, in my opinion, hmm. the Moscow Mules I've had. Well, I'm not someone who enjoys Moscow Mules. Uh, my wife right. is. My wife loves ginger. Um, I like ginger. Ginger is not the problem. I, I enjoy ginger. There's no, And see, I'm not a ginger fan. Right. I'll, I'll drink ginger ale. I'll drink a Moscow Mule. I'll... I'll have ginger in the mix of uh, different types of see, dishes. See, I have no me, problem with that. I won't tolerate ginger color. I won't tolerate ginger beer. I won't tolerate ginger He kills humans. all gingers he comes in contact right. with. Right. I won't tolerate ginger human, and I won't tolerate ginger beer. I don't like Belgians. He doesn't like gingers. Right. It's exactly. kind of on the same level. Look, gingers are a plague on society. They are, they're basically human curses. They're, they're curses I distance from this opinion, but yes, that's, that's what he says. Uh, be you male, female, or somewhere in between, you're a curse upon society, <laughs> and we're all scared. You're like the human black cat. And I don't appreciate that. I, for one, I, I don't enjoy black cats, and I don't appreciate genders. I enjoy my life being curse-free. And, you know, you're like the Krampus, frankly. You're the, Krampa, the Krampus of humanity, and I won't stand for it. <laughs> I, I just can't take it. I'm sorry. Krampus, a good, a good uh, holiday movie, by the way. Um, so, yeah, this is an okay, I guess, an okay ginger beer. Um, <sighs> but man. it's not exactly what I was expecting, man. I... I you gotta, know what I want? I want more spice out of this. Like I want like a I want like, sugar and like spice, a cinnamon sugar yeah, flavor. Yeah. That, that's what I want. Yeah, it, it did not provide that exactly, Broham Compadre. I want yeah. some sugar. I want some spice. I want everything nice. Oh yeah, and everything that is, nice. That is, and you know what? I want a little kick in the taint with some ancho chili. But and um, you know, I'm sorry if you are Buffalo Bayou and your number one rated beer is Buffalo Bayou Gingerbread Stout. I'm going to rate you harsher because mm-hmm. that is your thing. Mm-hmm. You are the gingerbread brewery. You're the one that people say, when are you going to brew that gingerbread stout again? Because it was so good. 
And then you come out with this. And frankly, and it's, it's supposed to be another gingerbread stout that's for the holidays. And frankly, so it should be damn good. Frankly, you're you know buffalo by your hanging your hat on your your Cajun Santa hat on gingerbread. They are. There's and no doubt. Of, there is know, no way around it. That is their thing. That, that is, is your, their pinnacle. That, that's what you're about. That's what you brag about all the time. It's what you never stop talking about. And I don't. I don't appreciate it. That's what they do. That's, that's what, what they love. That's and that's what, what they're about. That's what you're about. It's, it's your entire it's, thing. It's everything. You're the ginger brewery. More Cowbell is very secondary. That's an Imperial IPA. Yeah. That's a different thing. But that's very secondary. But... I mean, we're talking like 40% less... Right. ...than your gingerbread stout based on your old other... your Based on your yeah. rate beer reviews. Ginger is what you're known for. Gingerbread uh, gingerbread stout is supposed to be your pinnacle. So don't... You know, it's weird. You should have this weird Cajun influence of of uh, of the Tex and the Cajun. Cajun Tex. Some right. weird flavor in there. And yet, I don't see that. All I see is ginger hair. I don't see any chill, and I'm very disappointed. So, ratings. Ratings. So for me, a holiday gingerbread stout. What should that include? I've had gingerbread cookies, uh, you know, to, not to brag, but several times in my life uh, over <laughs> the holidays. You know, that's kind of a brag, but uh, I have. So I kind of expect like a, you know, even like maybe a Guinness level or maybe better stout with some gingerbread elements. And to me, the gingerbread in this, or the ginger, not gingerbread, but the ginger in this beer is a little too raw. Raw ginger can be applied, and like what Mark says, it can be applied in certain situations properly, and it can fit in certain scenarios. But for this, you're thinking of gingerbread cookies, you're thinking of like cinnamon sugar, gingerbread, sweet, you know, that kind of mix for kind of a Christmas cookie that's super tasty, super sweet, has a little ginger element, and uh, you go on your way with a little bit of a drunken high because you're on 10.2% uh, ABV beers. This one does not deliver that. It delivers raw ginger. Um, the fact that they are known for being a gingerbread stout brewery makes me wonder what the regular gingerbread stout tastes like. I'm assuming the regular gingerbread stout is sweeter than this, and if it is, you know what? Bring back the regular notable beer that you guys are known for for Christmas and bring that back and bring back the sweet, nice gingerbread stout that everybody rates highly and say, this is our Christmas beer. Label it something else even if you want, but make it the same way because this one this one can't taste as good as your 92-rated high-end gingerbread stout. Uh, the beer is drinkable, but it's missing some of the qualities I'd expect from a really notable gingerbread stout. Like I said, some of the sweetness, some of the sugariness, some of the cinnamon. Uh, I know cinnamon's not necessarily ginger associated, but I would think with a with a cookie uh, type flavoring and something for the holidays, you would have something like that. Totally absent in this case. It's not as bad as gingerbread stouts we've had in the past. It's definitely better than what we had last year that was based on Christmas vacation. No doubt. Um, that one was not even barely drinkable, but this Garbage. one is, um, it's drinkable. It's not what I expected at all. Um, it's a little bit too raw. And so for me, I have to give this one a three out of five. So I'm going to call, I'm naming this beer as I am want to do. I'm going to name this beer Frank Beard. I need to start doing that. I need to come up with like a creative name. I, for it, like maybe you, you have, look, you don't have the marketing degree I have. That's true. I'm an expert in marketing. I'm a things guy. You're a I'm, stuff guy. Look, I'm the CEO of the, the Richards Group here in Dallas. That's just what I do. So That's my, true. my marketing expertise lends the name Frank Beard, a.k.a. the drummer from ZZ Top who does not have a beard. From where? ZZ Top. 
Okay, the first it, you kind of merge the Z's together Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. the first time. Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-
even if they uh, don't enjoy hearing things, if they enjoy living in silence, uh, just go ahead and subscribe to subscribe to the show for them. We don't care if they listen. I don't as long as they subscribe. I don't give a crap. Uh, you, none of you guys it. can listen as long as you all subscribe. That's right. If we get like a million subscribers and none of them listen, great. Uh, thanks to no, Johnny, we'd, li- we'd like you to listen. Thanks That'd to John nice. B for his uh, Christmas present. Go to just buy anything Far North Spirits. Just buy everything by them. And make sure you include a nice 20% tip there for Johnny B. On top of that, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate Say that Say for well. Johnny B on there. Exactly. Check us out on the social networks. Uh, tell me what you're on Facebook and Twitter. We are that was also all check us out on. That's what that's what he meant Look, to I'm say. Look, I'm doing the nice lazy DJ. Lazy talk. Check us out. Uh, any feedback on the show, you can go to reddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. You can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. And call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. What's a Merkin? I hope uh, every one of you out there get your uh, whatever toy you want. I hope you get that, uh, whether it be. I hope uh, you guys all get your Technodrome. I hope you get your Technodrome or your, your uh, you know. Your helium inflated uh, balloon for the Ninja Turtles. Your rigid female pl- uh, pleasure device, your hey, RFPD. Hey, if that's what you want, yeah. Your, your rigid front bottom pleasure device. Whatever, whatever your dream is, I hope you get that this year. What's May all your bottom? dreams uh, come true. We'll see you guys next year. For uh, our 2017 episode, or at least we're going to be celebrating New Year's Eve. See you, 2017. On the next episode. Or you people in 2017. Screw you, 2016. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. It's an incredible year. Happy Festivus. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Merry other holidays that I can't remember right now. Guess we'll see you in the Trump presidency next year. Probes. Probes. Oh, okay. what? Uh-huh.